Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes, welcome in. It's Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota here on 101 ESPN. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson with you on another beautiful day in the St. Louis metropolitan area. Come on in, friends. The water is warm. Deep dive, open shoot Thursday? Wide Birth Thursday. Wide Birth Thursday. Is that what it's called? That's what I'm calling it. So any deep dive requests? Just make my synapses fire, Please and do. you get the deep dive? All right, put the deep dives in. Uh, text them in, 314-399-9646, and uh, we go deep diving on Thursdays. Any topic, we'll do it. We will do it. But send them in, 314-399-9646. That is how you can submit your requests here. The Air Comfort Service text line. And uh, we will do it as it is a Thursday tradition here on Balloon Party. Driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota online at stlouisacura.com and altontoyota.com. It is Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. And they have a secret number for our audience, 314 if you would like to uh, talk with the people in charge at Munganass St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. All right, we'll take the deep dives throughout this segment and start them up in the second segment. But the first segment is the Little Piddles Thursday Throwdown. Well, uh, I, I don't know. Did I call it the Thursday? I think I called it the Tuesday Throwdown. I don't like to repeat oh, yeah. traditionally. Um, but I do have the Little Piddles Thursday Talkie. Talkie. I like when they used to call movies, like when they started talking in films. They call them talkies. They call them talkies, and I always thought that was kind of funny. All right. Well, so, I mean, uh, hey, you know, it's ripped from today's headlines. Yeah. Yep. hundred years ago. All right. What was your assessment of Jack Flaherty's outing yesterday? It seemed to me he had better command of his stuff and bounced back well after giving up a homer on the first pitch. Did that performance give you hope for the future with Jack this season? Uh, I would assess it quite positively. I don't know how one could watch that and not assess it positively. You'd really have to be looking for a lot of negatives in order to uh, assess it negatively. Uh, after the, I was watching the game live and I saw the first pitch home run, I go, oh boy, this could be yeah. brutal. But uh, one walk, I mean, that's, the, that's actually the statistic that I was keeping my eye on more than anything else. Now, I think it should be noted that the Rockies lineup probably, even though they're playing in Colorado, isn't going to do a whole lot this year unless for some reason there is a, a trade that we don't see coming in which they acquire some bats. Um, but nonetheless, hey, he was he was very solid. And if he wouldn't have been solid yesterday, we certainly would have spent time on it. So the fact that he struck out six and walked one, and allowed only one earned run, five hits through five and a third, I will take that all day long. And um, that's encouraging. I also think it's important to note that it was doing it against Colorado. But I also think, same thing, you have to note that it was in 
Colorado. So yeah. while the lineup might not be that great, the uh, the air in Colorado can provide a challenge, and it was wonderful to see him do that, and it's really wonderful to see what Nolan Gorman is doing. That might be another question coming up in this Thursday talkie. But, uh, yeah, Nolan Gorman saved the day once again. Flaherty gives him a good start and a series that looked like they were going to lose it two nights ago before the rally in the seventh inning. They wind up winning it. Five and seven now heading home with four against the Pirates. An opportunity to have a big week. Yeah, I think that... You know, there's a lot of things that could have got him on tilt yesterday. The first pitch, Homer to Jerickson Profar is certainly one of them. Inconsistent strike zone, I'd say it benefited the pitcher more than it yeah. did the hitter, but still. Big time. Yeah, that. yeah, but that can still frustrate pitchers. Uh, but he looked, I mean, just looked better, you know. He, he, giving up on walks, great, but he just, the command of everything, he was getting pitcher, uh, hitters out in front of breaking balls. It just looked like a lot better performance from him and uh, really good to see. Next question. Jordan Walker has exceeded the lofty expectations so far this season, has been a real X factor for the Cardinals, obviously the hitting streak. Uh, it just he's looked outstanding. If I were to nitpick his game, which I'm going to do, oh wow, I would say he looks a tad uncomfortable in the outfield so far. Yesterday he had, he had an error that caused a run and could have been worse, and he has taken some odd paths to fly balls this year. Do you think this is just a learning curve from moving positions so recently, or do you think this is an actual weakness in his game? Um, I think that there's a learning curve. I don't think it's a weakness. He's 20 years old, and, and the error, I gather, was the ball up against the right field wall that yeah. was ruled an error. I could have seen that going either way because um, I don't think that was a sure play. No, it wasn't. But, but hey, they scored it an error. That's fine. I understand it. I'm not saying I'm against that 100%. I just don't think it was a 100% catchable ball or even 90% catchable ball. With that said, yeah, I think there's going to be some growing pains. I think people don't realize that this guy was an infielder. Casual fans probably don't realize this guy was an infielder a year ago. Um, but uh, I'm not I'm not particularly concerned about that. How hard he hits balls that turn into outs is encouraging. And I was really happy that he got that hit in the ninth inning, certainly the historic element of it, but also he was called out on strikes on a ball that was, God, minimum six inches outside. And I realize you cited it earlier on, Jackson, that the strike zone was beneficial to the pitchers, and it was if you could get it on the outside part of the plate, uh, you were going to get the call, and it was kind of ridiculous but it went both in the cardinal favor and in the rockies favor but uh, i'm glad he got that other opportunity and he was able to capitalize on it so he heads back to st louis with this streak and he is uh, making history through 12 games at 20 years old apologies that was ruled a double not an error that's on me oh apologies uh, i thought it was ruled an error when i was watching the game yesterday it was ruled a double so I have the box score up, and I saw zero errors, but I yielded. I no, yielded no, to you. No, no, that's on me. That's, I thought, I mean, he, he had in his glove, and when he hit the wall, I it thought, fell I, out. I, I thought that was a rather harsh ruling, but okay. But it was, but as in ruling that an error. Right, yeah, it probably As it turns been. out, it wasn't. Apologies, that's so on me. So you're apologizing. Who are you yeah. apologizing to right now? I guess the listeners, I don't like to give incorrect information. But either way, I mean, it's a ball that hit his glove, and he didn't catch it. So it, it's... So, and I, and so I think, far, the listeners aren't really attacking you on it. Well, it Somebody just said better. that was not scored in error. It was just a polite correction. Apologies. You know, mistakes happen. I um, think if you beat them to the punch with the apology, maybe the scathing criticism. Oh, no. It's coming now, baby. It's coming now? Yeah. Uh, but it, 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 God, you're an idiot. There we go. There it is. Yeah, of course. Um, I just think, I, I just, I've noticed he's taken some, but you're right. He played third base his whole life and had, up until last year, professionally, he was playing third base. So it's not out of the realm of possibility to think he could have a little bit of a learning curve, and I think he will. 
He's got a great arm, that's for sure. Uh, Tyler O'Neill talked after the game that there was a flip in the energy of the clubhouse following their first loss to Colorado on Monday. Obviously, we are not in the clubhouse, so this is pure speculation. But do you imagine that things were tense following the Marmol O'Neill situation from last week, and that has now been eliminated? I'm only asking, given the messenger of the statement. So can you elaborate on what he said on Monday night following the loss? Because to me, if you're talking about flipping energy, and Adam Wainwright mentioned this with, with Randy Carey and Brooke and, and Rocchio, uh, that yesterday, or excuse me, two nights ago, but when Wainwright was on yesterday, Wednesday, Wednesdays with Wayno, that that's the kind of win that can springboard a team. So I would have thought that the energy would have flipped following the comeback win on Tuesday night. But he's saying that the energy was negative on Monday night? He said after the game that the, he felt the energy in the clubhouse flip, the, leading to the next game's victory. Really? Okay, because they were down, whatever it was, 6-3 to three or 7-3. to three. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so what, what, are you, what is your question? What are you extrapolating? What are you asking me to extrapolate? I'll extrapolate all day long. My speculation is that things were tense following O'Neal's situation where he was claimed that the effort wasn't there on the play and that things were probably tense in the locker room to an extent, and that now, essentially, all has been eliminated, all has been moved on from water under the bridge, let's play baseball. That's what I'm extrapolating okay. from that So along those flow. lines, so you're saying that perhaps the energy was negative because of the O'Neill-Marmol thing from the previous week, and that it, I just don't, I think when it gets down to it, I think there are things that, whether it be you're a writer, you're a, a you know radio host, podcaster, I suppose, you know, I don't know what the situation is with television anymore, but where you can take something and then make it a much bigger deal outside of the clubhouse than it is actually inside of the clubhouse. I can't imagine too many people were all that worked up still over the O'Neill Marmol thing this past Monday in Denver. Now, maybe I'm wrong. I certainly don't know. As you said at the outset, we don't know, but... Um, I can't imagine that's the case. Furthermore, you just have a job to do. And when the game starts up, you know, I mean, draw, draw a parallel. To, you're, you're listening to this and you have some drama at your place of employment or something that you didn't like. And then you tend to another sales call or you go out for another assignment or take your pick. You're hosting another show. You know, whatever BS may be going on that bothered you. You still, as a professional, have a job to do, and you're also, when you're in the midst of performing that job, most of the time focused on that job. So I just don't think that's, I don't know. I'd really be interested. I would love to, whether it be on the record or off the record, have a conversation with Tyler O'Neill and go, what what did you mean by that? Because if anything, I would have gone, yeah, following the comeback win on Tuesday night, that makes sense. The energy flipped then because you came back, you took one that made it look like you were going to be 3-8, and and now you're 4-7, and kind of stole it. Right of the ship, you get a good start from Flaherty. You can look back on that if they go on a heater. And four against the Pirates and three against the Diamondbacks certainly provides that opportunity that you would go, that was the win that sprung this team into doing what most fans, both locally and baseball observers around the country, thought they would be. That would make sense. I don't know what the energy shift would have been on Monday night, but, you know, hey, like you said, they're they're, they're in the clubhouse. I just don't think most people really in, in the clubhouse were thinking that much about it. Well, I, probably I, I, not. I just, I just, if you still are, that doesn't really speak well to to anybody who would be. You know, I mean, any, I would imagine everybody in their careers. I know if you're in your in your case, Jackson, twenty five, but you know, if you're if you're in your thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, you have you've had a, you know something that you're 
boss did that you might not have liked, but you can't be pouting about it a week later, or else you're probably going to have a new boss soon uh, after you send out the applications. So I, that, that, that surprises me. I'm, I'm, I actually am intrigued by that. I gotcha. All right, moving on to some sports media business. Oh, I like a good sports media business question. Yep. Diamond Sports is reportedly unhappy with their current deals with the Twins, Guardians, and Diamondbacks. Is that why they're not paying the bill? Mm, it seems. And that has halted them from paying their rights fees. This operation. Diamond claims the fees should be less because less households households have cable nowadays because of cord cutting. I'm no lawyer, but does that sound like they have a legit case with these teams? Why are those teams the only ones who Diamond feels deserve less money? What do you think will be the outcome of this legal standoff? Well, they uh, they, they stopped paying the Diamondbacks a month ago. April 13th is the day, the day, that, uh, that we're supposed to hear on this twins and right. guardians situation so this is this is a big moment in this baseball television situation with those teams in particular this is this from my standpoint is as quote unquote simple as contract law um and by that i mean for contract lawyers to read the agreement i if, if it's in the terms that they have the right to go back and renegotiate based on performance of the Guardians and Twins, then I would say uh, the Guardians and Twins probably need to hire new counsel if uh, Diamond Sports can go back and revise the terms because they signed a horrible deal. So that makes me think, just from a logic standpoint, that Diamond Sports doesn't have that flexibility and Diamond Sports is grasping at straws because Diamond Sports is the antithesis of liquid right now and they're grasping for anything to hold on to, kind of like that cute little Jack Dawson in 1997's Titanic and then Rose, let him go and drown. He did. There was room on that door. There's no doubt that there's. It's just so. Is this a, such a weird situation? Like that. That there's a man drowning in the frozen North Atlantic. Yeah, it isn't as common as you would think. Right. That that situation on its own is crazy. Or the Guardians just not getting paid. The Twins just not getting paid. I just. I. I. I get like. I, this is a ham and egg operation. And I'm saying this. I couldn't care less. God only knows where I'll be working in five years. But, you know, who knows? I, I'm not saying this is a kiss-ass thing. I'm just telling you the way that it is in the broadcasting world, because most people don't know the way that the broadcasting world works. Why would you know? There are companies that you know that you probably don't want to work for, and there are companies that you know that have great reputations. And Hubbard Radio, Hubbard as a whole, does. I'm, I, you know, I've been doing my own thing for 20 years. I don't need to say it. I'm just telling you that this is the way it is. Sinclair, parent of Diamond, has been known as being a mess going back into the late 1990s. And you go, well, how are they a mess versus how, for example, Hubbard is is a good company, you know, and you're saying it and you work there. So you're probably saying it just to kiss ass, which I don't blame you for thinking. I totally understand it. Sinclair is no, you just know you can't count on it. They will they will cut costs in a heartbeat, try to weasel their way out of contracts, even if the letter is crystal clear, as you're now hearing here with the, the Guardians and the Twins. Uh, much less just treating people poorly. And that is the, the reality of it, and it goes back to the 1990s. And I know Sinclair doesn't have their name on this. It's Diamond Sports, but they're one of the companies under the umbrella. And, you know, you, you bought something. i really like to know what the thought process was when they paid as much as they did. My guess is, my guess, this is 100% guess, is they thought they were going to be able to integrate gambling in. That's why it was called Bally's. Right, right. For those not familiar casino uh and then it just wasn't legalized all over the united states and that blew up the business model that's my theory 
and in addition to the very obvious of cord cutting. So, you know, if you recall when it went from Fox Sports Midwest to Bally Sports Midwest, uh, Dan Caesar, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, wrote multiple articles talking about how uh, there was a belief that now gambling was going to be a huge part of the telecasts. Tell me if I'm wrong on this, but I don't know how much I've heard with regards to gambling on a Cardinal telecast at all since it became Bally's. Now, the app is glitchy, so maybe when the app isn't working, they're talking about it. But as far as weaving it into the broadcast, I find the stuff interesting, not because I'm like, oh, God, I need to place another bet on the over. The the odds are rooted in math and probability, and that's what I find interesting. Anytime I'm on this show or on TMA giving a spread, it's not because I have action on it. It's because it gives you an idea of what the statistics and probability indicate is expected to happen and or what the public is betting on. That's what I find interesting. I'm not sitting around, you know, fiending to (laughs) to put a bet in on a, you know, day game in Baltimore. Um, But that didn't wind up happening. And so at this moment, you don't have sports gambling in Missouri. And if so, Bally's was hoping to be able to integrate sports wagering in and some interface on the telecast, and they didn't get that, and they knew that that they were going to deal with cord cutting, could have blown up the model. I don't know. All I know is it's incredibly strange to owe a large tab to three major league teams and just go, well, we're not paying and we'd like to renegotiate. Best of luck. It's so strange. Yeah. And how they got singled out as the ones who don't get paid. I don't understand that model either. And now they're complaining about the cost of it all, but they paid everyone. Like, it's just weird. Yeah. I just say it's weird. That's what I got. That's oh, what... I thought that usually there's six questions. There is more. There is more. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's ten nineteen. What you're telling me right there, and that's just picking up tells. This is this is Phil Ivy and Daniel Legrano here. I picked up the tell. Hey, clown boy. <laughs> It's time to take a break. We probably should have taken a break seven minutes ago. That's what that meant. I've got more. I've got more means it's time to take a break. Am I correct on that? Is that a good read? I wouldn't have said clown boy. Right. um, Because I have 20 years your senior. Right. And, you know, just, you know, it's all about respect. Absolutely. Um, But, yeah. But if you would call me clown boy, I'd enjoy it, just so you know. Okay. So if you want to use that at some point. I'll keep that in the back pocket. Yeah, next segment, perhaps. Uh, All right. uh, Second half of the Little Piddles talkie yeah this is the talk you think tuesday should have been the talkie and thursday should have been the throwdown i mean i'm not trying to second guess but just from a consonant and a, an alliteration standpoint or are you just trying to go against the against yeah. the grain yeah and i think that uh one of the pillars is we're not results oriented that's correct and so i have to and in the, in the but this time is something i could have figured out before the result well yeah, you're better than i Clown boy. Clown boy, there it is. <laughs> you were given permission for the second segment, not there. Uh, all right, well, we'll take a commercial break, come back with uh, more of Balloon Party here and your deep dive requests. Uh, the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. Send them in. You never know. You could lead to uh, a deep dive by texting in the Air Comfort Service text line. This is 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party, driven by Mungan S. St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. It's a wide berth Thursday and also a Thursday talkie. Yeah, yep, we're talking. This is no silent picture here. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Action Jackson with that, and we're going to do a deep dive in the second half of the program. Send your requests. 314-399-9646. Jackson passive-aggressively scolded me at 1019. I'm going to take that audio clip to management 
and see if I can get you reprimanded for that. I don't like to be talked to that way as right. an HD2 radio superstar, so right. I'm a little unhappy about it. But I was late for a break, and so that means we only got through, what, half of the Little Piddles Thursday talkie questions? Uh, yeah, a little bit more than half. It was a five question, but the last, oh, okay. two, the last two I would describe as dense. Oh, this could be the rest of the show. Well, we'll see. All right. I'm, I'm interested. Well, you know which questions are more apt to get me going into a... Yeah, yeah, these I would describe... Chris Russo-like, <laughs> screaming, and there's spittle flying all over the place yeah. type of thought process. I would say this. Uh, these are 6.8 out of 10 on the hmm, very can specific. get Tim going okay. scale. Right, let's see what I would got. say like the Diamond Sports one is like an 8.1. Uh, well, I just want to be able to watch games on my phone. And I would like to watch the Cardinals on my phone. And I'd like the app to work. These are basic requests. Uh, you can't have it. These are basic requests. And then, well, the company that doesn't allow me to do that is also choosing not to play, pay three teams. <laughs> hey, what in the hell is this? Yeah. You know? No, All nice. right, go ahead. What do we have? What do we have? All right. Front Office Sports are an interesting article following the first weekend of Major League Baseball rule changes. And I think it still applies as we are deeper into the season. It detailed how the 2002 Oakland Athletics Moneyball system changed the way baseball was managed from the front office. It is held that way now with some tweaks for over two decades. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you think with the increase of stealing, the elimination of the shift, we may see a pendulum swing in terms of baseball scouting and management that could return to some effect the small ball of 80s and 90s that prioritized speed and batting average over power and on-base percentage? I would love my answer to be yes, but then I'd be dishonest. Mm -hmm. I don't see it. And the main reason for that is I think, and I'd be curious what some of the, the, the players who certainly were on the 1980s Cardinals uh, or just played in that era would say, but I've asked because I, I long for the, the days of the stolen bases and the, you know, you feel like you saw at least a triple a game at Bush Stadium. Um, but they were, the, that era was the byproduct of the ballpark. Whitey Herzog built that team because of the cavernous Bush Stadium 2 before they moved the fences in and painted the walls green. I guess actually, you know what? They were green in 1982. I think they were green in 82. Point B. And then they, they put grass down, brought the fences in. So that, that AstroTurf and the dimensions lent itself to that style of baseball. And there were a bunch of other teams, especially in the National League East, the Pirates, the Cardinals, the Phillies. In the National League West, the Reds played at Riverfront Stadium. That was turf. I'm sure I'm missing some other turf stadiums. And so it lent itself to that style of baseball. I just don't think the ballparks lend themselves to going, okay, we're gonna we're gonna sign, you know, as many Vince Coleman players as possible. I would love it personally, probably for nostalgic reasons more than anything. Uh, but I also think it's a way you can win games. Yeah. But I don't think that that is necessarily going to happen. And now, there has been an increase in stolen base attempts and stolen bases, so the conversion rate is higher. Granted, as you acknowledge, it's a small sample size, but it's still, you know, 12 days worth. Um, but I don't think it's a, a material enough one that people tune in and go, man, this is this is a stolen base game now. And in particular with the Cardinals. Yeah, just Cardinals that, Now, O'Neill had a stolen base yesterday. Uh, in addition to a home run, but it, it, at the moment, it's not like the Cardinals are running all over the place. I haven't looked to see how it compares to other teams, but I would gather it's on the lower end of Major League Baseball. Mid, low to mid twenties in terms of stolen the base ranking attempts. Of other teams. Yeah, it's just they yeah. they have not run uh, so far this season very much. I would say that I don't think a full pendulum swing is on the uh, precipice here, but I do think that you know because power will always be 
uh, a big priority. Power. Well, you can say that, but the Cardinals won a World Series with like 60 team home runs in 1982. And I, I realize that's an incredible outlier. Um, but, yeah, I just... I. I think if it wins, it works. Sure. I just don't know if it can win, and that's, again, part because of what the ballparks are now. And yeah. They're on grass. Yeah. I don't think that scouting's going to change to an extent, like, well, he steals bases, we have to get... But I think it does lend... Like, if the stolen base numbers at the end of the season are up by a significant margin, which they're on pace to be, that it will lend more to guys in the minors who are faster, guys who can get, you know, have more trade value because of their speed. I hope that to be the case because it does bring in a new element of baseball of excitement that sometimes lacks when it's the of the three true outcomes or the two true outcomes of or sorry three strikeout walk or home run only three teams have fewer stolen bases than the cardinals the cardinals have four so far for the record the dodgers rockies and twins have uh two two and one respectively the cardinals have a total of four stolen bases the uh major league baseball leading cleveland guardians have 19 orioles and diamondbacks with 17 so it looks like wilson Contreras will be put to the test because the pirates have 14 over the next seven games with the pirates and diamondbacks in town yeah yeah, and I and you know I think that it just adds a, a cool element that I don't think has been has certainly been missing over the past ten years. Oh, longer than that with stolen base. Yeah, oh, longer than that. Yeah. Once Camden Yards came into play, that was the beginning of the end of the stolen base because then all the ballparks, the new ones, started mimicking Camden Yards. Yeah. All right. This next one is is this is a very dense question. All right. And I would say it's more of an observation than a question, but you know you can decide for yourself. It has to do with. A superstar in sports. He does play basketball, but let's kind of move past that. That's Jackson's disclaimer. Giannis Antetokounmpo talked with the Milwaukee Journal yesterday about almost walking away from the game of basketball in 2020, just months after signing the biggest contract in NBA history. Giannis attributes his almost retirement to mental health issues that plagued him day to day. He goes on to say that I was talking to a therapist and fellow NBA star Kevin Love, who also suffers from mental health issues, that got him comfortable enough to continue with his career. Do you think having superstars being transparent with their mental health shit mental health issues as opposed to bottling it up will inspire others to struggle every day who struggle every day with these things to seek help how important is it for the destigmatization of mental health issues for sports icons to be forward about their own struggles uh well i think anytime people are comfortable talking about something i think it's a great thing and it kind of doesn't really matter what the topic is sure you internalize something that stresses you out and all it does is increase the combustible element of it so with that said i think it's a great thing i do think mental health has been destigmatized not entirely but over the last decade versus where it was in 2000 ton of progress example, has been made certainly i also think that there's probably been an increase in mental health issues that are not necessarily biochemical but are more product of the environment because so, of social media yeah um and and this isn't something that's limited to if you are quote unquote in the arena as the great teddy roosevelt uh, said uh I, I would imagine a number of you in the audience or parents and you see what your children deal with. Probably in some cases what they're dealing out, but what you as a parent fear more than anything is what they deal with when they get hit with the bullying that goes on on social media. And it's it can be passive aggressive in, oh look, we're all here and it's a picture, but then the one person that's usually part of the group isn't in the picture. Um, you know, or, a, oh, so-and-so didn't like my picture. God, what a terrible world to be in. To, to be, but, but I know that I know that that's the deal. It might even be the deal for your age range at, at 25. Um, I honestly feel, when I, when I read about the anxiety issues that, that people, certainly younger, 
uh, talk about. It's almost in a way, I don't want to say it's celebrated, but it's a big part of uh, art right now is mm-hmm. the anxiety of people in, in their teens and 20s. Um, like Billie Eilish, for example, is a big anxiety musician that has crossed over into the mainstream. And the anxiety, I think older people might go, why is there all this anxiety? Must just be saying it. I really believe that a leading factor for it, two, twofold actually, uh, when you were stuck in your house and didn't go to school for a year, yep. that that certainly, that was arrested development in some capacity. And then secondarily, through social media and that crap. At this point, doing what I've done working in television and radio since 1998, it's not that I'm completely numb to it. It's just kind of like, uh, you know, that. But the first time you get it, it ruined my weekend, you know, 25 years ago, granted. I can't imagine what it's like if you're a private citizen, not in, whether it be in Giannis's case, you know, an NBA superstar, you're just a, a 14-year-old who now has a Snapchat or Instagram, mm-hmm. and you get hit with that. That's That's got to be brutal. So... I think it's a great thing that it's talked about, but the unfortunate thing is I think there's going to be more of it because it's not as natural, perhaps, because it's a byproduct of of social media and perhaps also just being stuck inside and not being able to go to school and having interaction. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think it's more common than it was 20 years ago. And the reason being is social media. And players are just expected to turn the other cheek when right. it comes their way. People make a sport of holding up their phones and yelling crap at athletes. LeBron James is certainly a regular one that I see. Anthony Rendon of the yeah. Angels, the most famous one recently, uh, where they try to get the athlete yeah. in trouble. And yeah. the athlete is expected to. And then if the athlete even looks over, oh, look how thin-skinned right. they are. You know, and just go, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, it, it, it just look at it and go, okay, this is this is the world in which we occupy right now. And it's one thing if you, that your trade-off is you've got millions of dollars, and if Giannis wants to shut it down and go live on an island the rest of his life, he could do that, as could his children, as could their children, as could their children. But it's another thing when you're a 14-year-old boy or girl and you're on the receiving end of that crap. Granted, it's not in the same size of the arena, but still, other people are reading it, and that is what owns your soul at that age. I can't imagine what it's like. I mean, how can I relate to that uh, 30 years older? But I think about that stuff, and I feel ter- I feel terribly for parents, and I feel terribly for the children who deal with it. And as weird as it might sound, because you're not supposed to feel badly for millionaires, apparently, still human beings, exactly. and uh, and I feel terribly that they got to deal with it. Exactly. It's, it's, I mean... You know, a lot of these Cardinal players and Blues players, when I was doing television, we were around the same age, and I would see them out. It didn't even cross my mind, like, oh, I'm going to go say that I saw them out, you know, having booze. Now they, they don't go out because they can't because somebody's going to hold up a phone and then, you know, post on Instagram so-and-so or try to rile them up and then cause problems for them. So it's, like I said, the trade-off is you get millions of dollars. But the 14, 15-year-old high school student doesn't get that and has to be on the receiving end of it. And I think that is what you're seeing cause an increase in mental health uh, issues. So good question, Jackson, on that one. 1036, that's a Clarkson Jewelers time check. We got a break because I'm late. As always, this is Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and I'll tell you, I don't want to waste me. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Well, you know, I hate to do it, but I've got to call attention to what what just happened in that Sports Center update. Woo. Uh, that was bad. It wasn't my best, but uh, I thought that was what gonna... was the woo about? There's usually a part in this little uh, this little bed here that does like a, a woo and oh, I was going to time it up but I don't think I got it right yeah um but you know failing to prepare is preparing to fail nice very nice and about five seconds before the sports center update I uh I got all the information I wanted in front of me despite who the blues like the I kind of needed a little bit more on the blues always it says well, they, they played lost. last night they did and they did uh, not win they did not um are going to wrap things up here very quickly, and then I'll shut it down. Yes. So. So what 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 became the issue there? Because there were noticeable pauses, and it 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 stirred me from my email replying to go, oh God, am I going to have to come over there and and help the cause? Kind of like when you forgot the name of the San Francisco NFL franchise. Yeah, the Niners. Um. So I'm going to say this, and I don't want I don't want hate. I don't want hate. I just don't. I don't. I don't know, sir, if you're in a position to make that request. Okay. On any show, much less this one. So this is going to be awkward, but I'm going to do it anyways. Do the Blues play again after last night's game? Because I was going to throw to when they play next, but I don't know. Because <laughs> I didn't want like to say. I like to look in at Mike Ryder when you do this. I, and the looks on his face is because I don't, like Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> I know last night was the final home game, but is that the final game of the season? Or did they? One of the one great more? things about the board right behind you, uh, I'd say it's at seven o'clock on your clock, uh, is you can look up there and see what's doing. And uh, the Blues will wrap up the regular season tonight, as you can see. Blues at Stars pregame right here on the station you're on right okay. now. It's okay. six p.m. So here's here's where my confusion lies. I saw that. I thought that was, they played the Stars last night. That's correct. Back to back. That's correct. I was unaware, and I didn't read because all I saw was Blues and Stars. I didn't want to say that, and they played last night. So, they did. It's a home at home, as they say. Right. It used to be a lot more common. Really? Oh I, yeah, big time. When I was growing up, I feel like there were home at homes all the time in the NHL, even even in the '90s and 2000s. I feel like. So I it's was a just lot less common now. Yeah. So I was. So when I saw Blues at Stars, I was like, oh man, or Blues and Stars. I didn't look at the at. I just saw that and was like, oh. That was last night, so I had nothing to throw to. But in all honesty, but what, there were two playing games. I mean, you could have gone to your old standby. Yeah, but I didn't know the final scores at the top of my head. And then you, you could say that the Bulls beat the Raptors ten to two, and you think anybody would have gone, "Hey, what the hell?" Yes, because they would have looked it up just to get me. So yeah, I do think that. And uh, 
I'm still not over the Raptors' loss. How do you miss 18 free throws? We'll talk about that at 11 o'clock when you're in a room by yourself. But on this program now, we're going to pivot off of that. We actually, now there are, of course, a number of critical, critical, critical. But people enjoyed the discussion on your question that did come from what was, at its origins, an Mm NBA-related story with Giannis. But I think it's something that a lot of people can relate to, taking the NBA element out of the equation, and probably either from a current student standpoint or a parent standpoint, and anxiety. And I wasn't looking at the air conference or was text line while we were having that conversation. It's kind of like when we talk sports business, that's the stuff that really activates me, and we talk social media, that also activates me. But I kind of don't need to worry about it anymore. You know, I just know not to mess with it. It's got zero upside for me at this point in my life, my career. I just don't. You know, I'm not going to be like 46 year old dad on the internet trying to stir the pot. I'm just, it's over. I don't care. I don't want to. I know there are. I have no interest in being one. Don't care. If anything, I should probably just delete the account, but I don't really use it outside of to retweet when you say we're on YouTube and when Jeremy Rutherford says he's coming on Balloon Party. I think that's basically what I'm doing on there. Um, I read it, but I don't necessarily engage in it. But that comes with, again, being a 46-year-old married father. It's a different deal when you are, say, a 20-something, not necessarily you 20-something, but a 20-something in our industry who you're told, hey, the way you want to build your career is TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, you know, probably not Facebook as much anymore, but, you know, get yourself everywhere, get yourself exposure. And how do you get exposure? You come up with the most hyperbolic the most exaggerated opinion possible. And then you wind up, I think, saying things that deep down you don't really mean, but that they get attention. And so the byproduct of that is oftentimes being mean-spirited or saying things that are just flat out made up. And this, of course, goes well beyond the sports arena. And so that's why, candidly, I just cringe at it. If, if If this stuff were around in 1998 when I was at, Missouri Journalism School and starting out in my television career, I, th- I think I would have bailed because I hate it. Yeah. And I, I don't hate it because I think I'm above it. I hate it because I think it's dishonest, number one, and I think it's malicious, number two. And, 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 and furthermore, those who oftentimes are most dishonest and most malicious are hiding behind fake names. And so there's zero accountability for those who are members of the Pitchfork Mafia while they say things that are even more vile of the, the people that they're trying to get their careers taken out or, as it's known, canceled. And it's one thing, again, 46-year-old married father. It's kind of like, okay, whatever. Say whatever you want. Feel free. I, I've heard it all before. But again, I take it back to somebody who's in their teens or even 20s. And it's not like you're invincible even in your 40s. It's just it, it just kind of doesn't matter. It, it but just depends on where you are in your life. And that's the thing. That from a parent who has to deal with it, I feel terribly for the parents, but I, of course, feel even worse for the the younger people. And we talk about it, Jackson. I look at some of these things on social media, and I see them as their obvious attempts at brags. That Because that's how I view it, because I didn't grow up with it. But for you and your peers who are in their mid-20s, you grew up with it, and it was human nature that everything that you're doing, you put up on social media. Right. Now, of course, you're not going to put up, you know hey, I got a 2.2 and I might get kicked out of school. Everything's always going wonderful and there's filters to make everyone look better. 
but it isn't necessarily a brag. It's just a way of life. And therefore, it's something that younger people rely on. And so a way of life is now part of your psychology that if somebody rips it or they don't like it or you're not included in the picture, that you can take it as, hold on, does she not like me? Does he not like me? Do they not like me? Is something wrong? And it starts and then you stay up at night and then you don't sleep. And perhaps you turn to some kind of outside influence that can mess your world up. And that's the part that I hate. And, and so when I think of that, I feel a great deal of sympathy, empathy, whatever word you would want to choose for people certainly younger than you, but also in your age range, and then the parents who would be in my age range who have to try to manage this thing that they didn't experience. We didn't experience it at 46 years old. We didn't have to worry about what somebody was saying about us on Instagram. Might have been on like a message board, but this is a whole different thing. And so... Over the last decade, we've heard a lot of athletes talking about it just because I think in part the stigma has been reduced, as we said, but also because it's more prevalent. But it's more prevalent. There's a cause because there is more of it. But it's more of it, not just because you're the MVP with the Milwaukee Bucks. It's more of it even if you're 14 years old, 100%. you know, at Parkway West. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's why this 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 topic really gets me going, and, and I'm not and I'm not dealing with it anyway. I mean, I guess I'm dealing with with the standard stuff that I've dealt with throughout my career. But that's a whatever I'm talking about as a parent or as a as a younger person, where it's kind of my world. Um, so I'm looking at it really from like the upper deck and mm -hmm. not really not living it at the moment anyway. My my kids are too young. Right. Yeah. And I've said this for a long time, but humanity has never been as accessible minute by minute, day by day than they are right now. People, people are always accessible. And that isn't how we were programmed to be built. We weren't programmed to be built to be talked to or be available to be talked to from a million different platforms at all times. It's like you can turn your phone off, but then you get anxiety about what you're not seeing. You can, you know, try to stay away from it, but it'll come and find you. So the idea of like, and I, and I get what people when they say like, well, if you don't like it, just don't look at it. But it's not necessarily always that easy. It sounds easy. It sounds like, oh, you just delete this, delete that, and then you won't have any issues. But if it's out there and you know it's out there, the feeling of I need to go look at this, it, it overtakes your mind and like you said then you start overthinking things and now you've invited fear anxiety shame into your life and that's just no way to live like it's not I, it's so not fun for the sake of time unfortunately cause i could go on i could yeah i could go till six o'clock tonight on this topic but uh I, there's one only one thing that you said there that i really do disagree with and i really agree with the first part about it that's not the way that human beings brains were, are you know set up to handle all of this stimuli but uh I do know it's there, and I know where it is, and I don't look at it. But it did take a while to get to that point. It's been about a decade of it now. It's what's what's the upside? That's that's the you, know, you always say. I I live my life in an unrelatable way, not just because of the way I carry myself, but also because I view things as a poker hand. Yeah. If there is no upside, why would I bring downside into play? And it's a very easy way to think through decisions. So. It got to a point where I'm just like, why would I read? What, like, what am I getting out of this? Just reading, and it's a lot of it's just made up stuff. So why do it? It doesn't matter. I know it's there. I still know it's there. Hell, I know it's it's all over the place, but it doesn't impact my life in any way. And so you get to a point. But I also know it that that didn't come with like, oh, I read a book and it told me that. It came with after dealing with it for like 10 to 15 years. And then I go, yeah, I'm just wasting my time on something that has zero impact on my life or my career. But if you're 15 years old or maybe even 25 years old and you're relatively new to the game, it's not as easy as going, oh, I just won't look at it. So I do agree with that. But if yeah. you can get to a point, to me, 
your Shawshank Redemption, Tim Robbins crawling out of the sewer moment is deleting Twitter, deleting Instagram, deleting Facebook, deleting TikTok, and whatever else might have Snapchat, and you will be liberated. I really, I strongly feel that way. Now, that's coming from a guy who couldn't get enough of TikTok, but I'm just looking at entrepreneurs and golf swings, you know. I'm not looking at whatever the hell else is on, you know, housewives in the central corridor doing dances for attention. I'm not looking at it. But I, I'm fascinated by that stuff. But, like, reading comments like, oh, did they like me today? Don't give a damn. You know, it's just, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And that's the stuff that when you're 14 and 15, or even a guy who's, I assume, in his 20s or approaching 30, in Giannis's case, uh, and an MVP, it still gets in his head. And how many NBA players or Major League Baseball players? We just had the closer with the Rockies, Bard, go, I'm out. I got an anxiety issue. It's more and more common. We saw it happen. I can't remember what the tennis player's name is. Uh, no, Naomi Osaka. That's right, uh, who stepped away. It's becoming more and more commonplace. Anyway, we got a break. I'm, I'm all over the map on the time today. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party, and I think we have 14 seconds to talk. I can't. I can't. This is who I am, Jackson. It's all right. I'm not happy necessarily that I can't manage a clock, but when you've been doing a show with no real commercial breaks for two decades, to then go, let me do 12 minutes, I can't do it. And then you get a topic like this, and you get me going, and you were right. You thought that was only a 6.8 that it would get me going? The, it's got everything that I get going on. Yeah, it, that was a toss-up. That was probably closer to a 7.1. The front, the uh, <laughs> money ball thing numbers. was a 6.8. Well, these are, you know, based on my experiences. Yeah, sure. yeah, I, I probably weighted that too low, but it's better to be too low than too high. Amen, amen. Well, uh, wonderful conversation. I've enjoyed uh, the texts that have come in as well. We had some good ones for deep dives, uh, and perhaps we will tend to those on tomorrow's program. Also, John Denton of uh, MLB.com will be with us at 10.15 for tomorrow's Friday show. BK and Ferrario are coming up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Mungan and St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.